if you love to eat as much as we do here on the Kevin and Taylor Show, you're going to love hearing the latest in the world, world of, of food. food. First, did you hear McDonald's is teaming up with Crocs? Yeah, now you can dress like the Grimace or the Hamburglar on your next food run. <laughs> They'll set you back 75 bucks. Whoa. And they're, you know, the Grimace ones, are, of course, are bright I was going to say, is it just like a pair of purple Crocs? No, there's like all those little, what are the little thingies you put in it? There's... Badges or something? Pins no, or? everyone's who wears Crocs is laughing oh. at us. But yeah, there's yeah, ones but, that but on the flip make side, it look like more like all the of us who aren't wearing Crocs are laughing at you. <laughs> <laughs> Second, did you know that cutting one teaspoon of salt from your diet every day can lower your blood pressure reading by just as much as a typical hypertension medication? Wow. And you got to read the labels like there is so much salt and stuff like Chips and canned soups and protein bars. I love salt so much. Finally, in the world, (laughs) it really would. Finally, in the world of food, an iconic burger chain is expanding to three more states. Talking about people always have to Instagram about this when they land in California. In and out burger. In and out burger. Mm. Yep. So they're headed to Idaho, New Mexico, and Tennessee, and the Nashville location. Opening in 2026 is going to be a big deal because it's 100,000 square feet and they're calling it their Eastern Territory office. So I'm wondering if they're going to expand all along the East Coast. And because she's everywhere, Dolly Parton will have to be involved in some form or fashion. (laughs) Did one of your kids move back home with you, mom and dad? Coming up, heads up, they're here to stay. Hey, did one of your kids move back home with you, mom Mm -hmm. and dad? You might want to prepare yourself emotionally. And financially, they are here to stay. Hmm. Many millennials and even more Gen Z adults are planning to live with their their parents for another 10 years. What? Close to 70% (laughs) of Gen Z adults, the the oldest is 26, and 20% of 27 to 42-year-olds are opting to stay with their families. Hmm. Younger generations find it financially beneficial to stay with family to save on expenses like childcare, utility bills, rent, or future down payments. I wonder if they're going to reciprocate when their parents are elderly (laughs) on a fixed income. That's the question, And they need a place to stay because having lived through that, it's not cheap to have your adult kids move back home. Not at all. Not at all. We We should talk about this. Have you experienced that? Uh, you're a kid's boomeranging and moving back, or maybe they never left. How does it roll with you guys? Is it working out? Does it have some frustrations? So if you had adult kids move back home, or maybe you had to move back home, we'd love to hear, how did it go? Was there any friction? <laughs> hey, Joe, we're talking about uh, kids moving back home with mom and dad. Have you lived through that experience? I am currently living the nightmare. (laughs) (laughs) A nightmare. Tell us the story. What happened? Well, three years ago, all of my children left, and we were empty nesters for three weeks. And then they moved back in for a month so that they could find somewhere else to be. A month. Three years ago. (laughs) So I even have someone in my pool house. Um, There are nine people living in my house. They do pay a little bit of rent to help with expenses, but it's the overlapping of shared space Hmm. that is probably the most, where do we all park, Um, Uh, whose turn is it to use the washer, Um, you know, they want to use, they want to have a fire outside and I've got asthma, I don't want to smell the smoke, and Uh. it's just, it's constant, (laughs) I love them dearly, but 
I think we'd all get along better if they lived somewhere else. Do you ever, <laughs> do you ever say to yourself, it just doesn't feel like it's my house? Every day. Mm. Mm. Every day. Yeah. 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 I, like I said, I love them dearly, but I think we'd all appreciate a little bit more space. Do you ever see a day where you're going to like draw a line and go like, guys, it's been great. We are glad we could help you out, but this is the date that y'all got to be gone. Well, I, yeah, I've tried. <laughs> I've tried that. <laughs> but there, really is, <laughs> there really is nowhere to go. There just aren't affordable homes for these guys. Right. Uh, yeah, you're so uh, right. It, it, it's a. It's easy to go like, well, when I was your age, we were out on our own. But th- the landscape has changed. It's completely different from when we were their age. It certainly has. And, and rentals in our county are through the roof. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just not possible to rent somewhere for $800 a month. Well, I think you're for, looking at minimum $1,200. And it's, it's crazy. Just I think for parent, parents like us, there's going to be a special place in heaven that's really quiet. And there's not a no, lot of people. I do hope so. I'm <laughs> counting on it, Kevin. <laughs> All right. You hang in there, okay? Thanks, Joe. You're the best. Appreciate you. I will you. certainly try. <laughs> we right. love you guys. <laughs> you too. Love you right back. Bye-bye. So uh, we appreciate everybody that's called in talking about uh, when adult kids move back home or maybe they never never left, you know, with COVID. That's one of our situations. Our, our youngest daughter uh, is still home with us. She was the graduating class of 2020. So uh, she had that unfortunate circumstance happen. Um, and rent is so high everywhere. Like the lady was just saying, it's crazy. The playing field's changed dramatically. But our biggest adult child still living at home with us happened um, during COVID. Our son, Kyle, you know, he's a musician. He had been on the road. He had just gotten home from from Germany. Career was really taken off. He was playing uh, drums over there for a musician, doing, did a tour over there. Came home March 13th, 2020, the day that the world shut down, right? Mm. And he was going to stay home with us for, it was two weeks to flatten the curve. And he right. was doing, right, I'll, I'll stay here for two weeks. Then it was a month. And uh, three years later. Wow. But he, I was pretty proud of him. And, and our family, we've never done things conventionally. A lot of people are like, what do you mean he's being moved back in with you? Uh, he got a full ride for his, to get his master's degree. Like, That's incredible. 100% scholarship. The only thing he was going to have to pay was rent. We were like, why? do that just stay with us and you can get it and it had its challenges i mean there were times where i was just like oh my gosh are you kidding me especially when he's a drummer he would have to practice <laughs> in our house which was a lot of fun when he was in seventh grade <laughs> but once the once that person leaves and then they come back with their drums with them it can try your patience a little bit but we did it we got through and you know he's back out on his own now and everything so if you're in that situation where you've found yourself like i can't believe i got to move back in with my mom and dad it's it's not the end of the world it can feel like it be grateful a you got a mom and dad that are willing to do it because a lot of parents will be like no 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 we we told you you're on your own you don't no boomeranging in our family so be grateful for it but if i can give you a tip if you're in that situation of moving back in with mom and dad let them know you appreciate it especially if there's like some kind of blow up or some kind of friction that happens just let them know if you wait an hour or two and then go like, Hey, I know we just had a spat, but I really appreciate you guys. Let me get my footing and recover here. Cause it, it'll mean a lot to your parents to know you appreciate that. You see the sacrifice they're doing because their lives get upended. I mean, they really do. Yeah. When adult kids move back in, mom and dad thought, all right, 
It's just us again. Wait a minute. No, it's not. <laughs> and most of the people I know, it's just the kids never did leave. Mm. Like they're just staying. They just stay. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it can be a mixed bag. It, it has it. I've said of Kyle's time moving back home with us. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. Mm. And now because he's been gone for since what July, I think he moved out. I miss him like crazy now. Aww, I, I mean, like, imagine, yeah, yeah. It's the, the, the rose colored glasses are the retrospect rose colored glasses are fully back on. And I cannot <laughs> wait to see him at Thanksgiving. We live in a fast paced world yes, where do. you often uh, both parents work and screen time can encroach on family time. Mm. But this will encourage you to slow down, get away from screens and okay. focus on your kids. All Turns right. out small, significant moments of warmth and understanding like reading a bedtime story, sharing a laugh, or simply listening attentively carry huge weight in shaping your child's social and emotional well-being. Hmm. Those nurturing moments can serve as protection for your kids from mental health issues, according to brand new research. And they say the warmth and security provided by that those early moments of parent-child relationships lay the groundwork for your kids to become open-hearted and generous grown-ups. Wow. So when you think like, oh, what I do or say doesn't make a difference, mom and dad, it makes a huge difference. Mm. And uh, yeah, I'll never forget years ago, we, we learned that just having your phone nearby, you're not, you're not touching it, it's face down, it draws you apart from the people you love. So maybe just put your phone away at a certain point, especially if it's bedtime story time. Because when kids are, are little like that, that your home, you, mom and dad and them, that's their entire world. Yeah. Right. They, they don't have this bigger picture of the world around them. That is everything. So if what they're learning in that that environment where this is the world, if they're learning the world is, oh, everyone's on their phone all the time, then, you know, you're sending them out in the world staring at their phone, not capable of having relationships and stuff. So, yeah, that's so true, Taylor. You hear us say it all the time, Kevin and Taylor listeners, best in the world. They're the best listeners. And I always learn something new from them every day as well. And wait till you hear what this awesome listener taught me. Tell you about it next. You hear us say it all the time, Kevin and Taylor listeners, best listeners in the world. And Mm -hmm. uh, there's one um, listener especially that has just taught me so much. And it's kind of a God story how I met her. She was at a Kevin and Taylor radio event. And I just walked up to her. She was sitting by herself and I just said, hi, my name's Taylor. What's your name? And she's like, I'm Dee Dee. And uh, we just started talking and she said she almost didn't come because she was so depressed and so lonely. She had lost her husband. Mm. And um, we just talked and kind of bonded. And little did I know at that moment, it was right at Christmas time, that I was about to say goodbye to my dad in just about a week. Um, and talking to her about losing her husband and what grief is like mm. was almost like a precursor to get me ready for that tough experience. And I just got it. Her name's Dee Dee. And I just got an email from her yesterday. And you guys, there's so much to learn from her. She said, hey, Taylor, you've been on my mind this week as I know the holiday season is approaching. That's how cool the Holy Spirit is, because I've been out of the country And out of the loop for six weeks. So she hasn't been listening to the Kevin and Taylor show, but God just put me on her heart. She said, the holidays are so bittersweet when you've lost someone so close. And I know it also brings the one year anniversary of losing your dad. My husband died in January of 21. And the first two years, I just wanted to skip from October to February. 
I'm so glad you have amazing family to spend your time with and remember and grieve with. And I know the tender love of our amazing father will be your comfort. And um, I just was like blown away by that because she's like traveling with a global missions group and she's been in like all these. She was in Israel. She had to hide in a bomb shelter for three days when the war broke out. And then she was in South Africa and now she's in Mozambique. And yet she took the time to email me because she knows she's joined that grief club of what it's like to miss someone you love. And I just, I just, I'm so impressed with her. And I'm like, I want to be more like Dee Dee who just emulates the love of Jesus. Mm. That is just the most caring, giving thing she did to reach out to me like that when she's all over the world. It's incredible. So uh, Christmas is coming. A lot of people have already started decorating. We've talked about that. People who have, people who haven't. But let's talk a little bit about what Christmas decorations do you put up? Which ones go back in the box every year? And when do you decide we need some new stuff? We're going to talk about that next. So uh, Christmas right around the corner. So the question isn't, you know, like, are you going to decorate? Just when are you going to decorate? And then when you do decorate... How do you decide we need some new stuff? And this is all based on, I saw a tweet. Lady said, today my husband and I uh, were walking in the Christmas section at Target. And he had the audacity to say that we already had enough Christmas decorations. (laughs) That is not how Target Christmas section works, honey. The directions choose, or the decorations choose us, not the other way around. (laughs) That's funny. I wonder what their house looks like. Yeah, I'm wondering, how do you decide? Because I don't know about you, but every year we, we bring our Christmas stuff out. And we've gone through so many phases because we have four kids. So you go through that phase where the tree is just like their their favorite whatever Disney characters and then stuff they made. You have the kid tree, right? And then after the kids start getting a little older and they get less and less interested in helping decorate, you're like, you know what? Let's have some stuff that's let's have stuff that's me and you. Let's have stuff like, like Trace and I. We'd travel and we'd pick up like an ornament and like, I don't know, Rome. So we'd have this cool Christmas ball from Rome and we'd put that up. And we'd be like, you know what? This the little homemade kid stuff doesn't really go with that maybe we should get some just we'll go all silver balls and then like the little stuff that means a lot to us and we've evolved through the years so where are you now this year i'm getting that what that means is every year when we pull out the decorations we've got boxes of stuff that we just look at and go oh and then we put it back in the box and we don't put it up because it's like something you don't want to get rid of it because it's too sentimental you can't get rid of it so it just stays in a box taking up space but then every year inevitably new stuff will show up too and Trace was already talking about it. We got, during the pandemic, we got a fake tree. Well, I was like, I was a 100% real tree guy for years. We got a fake tree and new ornaments to go on that. And now I think uh, she's getting a little played on that. She wants to get her, she was talking about getting a real tree this year, which means we'll get new decorations. We'll get oh, some, really? we'll get some new decorations. Yeah. She, Maybe you should just start doing two trees. She's got a, but, a sentimental oh. tree and the new HGTV oh. acceptable. Pinterest worthy tree. I don't want to do shoot trees. One is one is enough work. Is it really your work or Tracy's work? Well, it's both. And it's always, you know, there's always the danger of it turning into, and I think everyone knows what I mean when I say this, quote, a thing. <laughs> Why does it always have to be a thing? So I don't know. I don't want two trees. But I'm wondering, you and your family, how do you decide when we're getting new Christmas decorations? How do you know, like, no. We're good. This is our Christmas. This expresses our Christmas. We'd love to hear from you. 
Okay, uh, Taylor Scott. Since you, you, I felt like you weren't, uh, you were, you were kind of a little snarky with me, saying like we have all these decorations from throughout the years, and sometimes we buy new stuff, and we might be putting up a, a real tree and a fake tree. When, when, and wait, my question I was is, snarky because yeah, I suggested I've, I've two felt, trees. I felt like wow. you were a little like uh, there was a little snark with me, me talking about our Christmas decoration situation. Not, not in the least. Well, anyhow, that leads me to my question. Because the question was, you know, how do you decide when you're buying new Christmas decorations? How do you mm-hmm. make that call? What is the last Christmas decoration, new Christmas decoration you bought? Can you remember? Yeah. What was it? These little um, glittery churches from Hobby Lobby. And you turn on a light and they glow on your tree. I love them. So I got They're on more. your tree? Little Not yet, glittery churches. Not, they're ornaments. When did you buy these? Um, after Christmas, I decided I wanted, they were on sale and I was like, I think I'll get a couple more. Oh, so you are a wait till after Christmas to buy new decorations person. Try to be, but I mean, I go, man, I go a long time. Like I remember when we first got married, Glenn was in law school. I had just graduated Wheaton. The only thing we could afford was we bought a box of candy canes and put them on the tree. There you go. And I think we used like a a ficus tree that was in our apartment already. (laughs) Because we just didn't have any right. money yeah, at yeah. all. Oh, we got some um, tree so that stories. That was our first yeah. one. I mean, one time we got these cute little gold gifts. Like, they look like little presents. I got them at Ikea. Mm-hmm. So we had a gold tree. Oh, And then when cool. we moved three years ago, I decided, I, I just happened to hit Hobby Lobby at just the right time. I was like, oh, oh it's a wonderland. This is the theme. <laughs> this is a theme for the new house. And so we have like the the skinniest, most miserable tree. It's so short that I put it up on a box to try to make it look taller. It's like a slender tree. Maybe this is the year you upgrade. Uh, not Well, not before Christmas. Do you remember that year my family, we rented a cabin up in the mountains. We rented a cabin and we got a tree. Uh, up there, and, and my my idea was we're going to decorate it with stuff we find in the woods. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the grand result was the tree looked like we just took it and rolled it around in the grass, <laughs> like <laughs> leaves and pine, just like junk all over it. It's a great memory. So it, it is, and it's also a great memory that we ran to Dollar General the next day and bought cheap Christmas decorations, <laughs> took all the woodland stuff off and put cheap decorations up. <laughs> That was that's an epic family story. Absolutely. Do you feel like there's anything wrong with people using up their sick days from work? Not using sick days was once seen as a badge of honor. Now, not so much. In fact, younger workers use them much more than their older colleagues, particularly since COVID. Some employees are seeing sick days as opportunities for mental health days. Some employees see sick days as a perk, which should be used, not left to go to waste. And I've always thought you were only allowed to use sick days if you're really sick or you've got like a surgical or a dental procedure that can't be scheduled on the weekend. Sick days. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But I I just know the people in my life that are, I'm going to say 35 and under. Mm -hmm. No, they have no problem taking a a me day. I just needed a me day. And it'll be, well, what do you have me days? No, no, it was a sick day. I just took a sick day because I I just Mm. needed it. Yeah. Yeah. So very different way of different, thinking, different way of looking. I guess at that's why a lot life. of companies are switching to PTO. So it's just these are your days. You can use them for whatever you want. Even if it's a mental health day, you don't have to prove you're sick. So, so there's you, not a distinction between vacation and sick. If you burn all of those, say, by September and then you get sick in November, you're just going to work sick, I guess. If you I got guess. no PTO days yeah. left. 
Are you good at keeping a secret? I'm awful. Coming at it. up. <laughs> guess what? It makes you feel more alive. Have you ever heard this? Keeping secrets can make us feel more alive. Mm. A new study found that keeping secrets isn't always bad, particularly if it's good news. In those cases, keeping the secret can make people feel more energized and alive. It's still difficult to keep secrets. About 76% of people want to tell someone immediately, even if it's good news. Mm. But keeping positive secrets can give people a lift because rather than worrying about it, you're spending the time imagining the exciting moment when the secret is revealed. And I have had the, the fortune in my life for several people to tell me they're pregnant before they're ready to tell the world. No. <gasps> that is the best secret ever. <laughs> it's so much fun. You're just like, oh, I, I, I promise I won't tell anyone, we, but I'm so should, excited. We should talk about this. Are you someone that can be trusted with secrets? Do your friends perceive you that way? Mm-hmm. Give us a call. All right, let's be honest. Are you someone your friends come to when there's a secret or something that they want to share, but they don't want it spread around? Are you trustworthy with that secret? Kathy, Kathy, we want to know, are you somebody that your friends can go to and trust with a secret? I am so trustworthy. If one of my friends tells me not to tell anybody, I will take it all the way. Yeah, well, I will not in the vault. It's like, give in us the an, vault, Give baby. us an example. What's something they've shared with you that you're not supposed to tell? <laughs> No, I'm, I'm just kidding. But you are trustworthy. You can be trusted with a secret. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and we all know the appropriate way to share a secret and give yourself a, a little layer of holiness. And, prayer request. Oh, yeah. Hey, yeah. Hey, don't tell anyone, but keep, <laughs> but us, pray in your, about this. keep us in your prayers. Yeah. <laughs> I've kept some really big things in the vault. In fact, I kept things in the vault that when the truth came out and, and one of my sisters knew that I knew, she's like, you knew? Why didn't you tell me? me? I said, because they told me not to. (laughs) Okay. Uh, I will tell you someone, someone in my life and they don't, they don't let secrets go on purpose. I think it's an innocent when they, when they divulge, but they do it. And you're just like, I told you don't say anything. I'll tell you who it is next. So we're talking about, uh, can you be trusted to keep something in confidence? You know, the secret kind of implies something bad. So can, can you be told something in confidence? Like someone says, hey, I don't want this to get around, so keep this to yourself. But, you know, um, going for a test and don't know how it's going to turn out. You know, something like that. Yeah, and they say keeping a good secret, that's good news, is actually, it makes you feel energized and more alive. I'm I'm good. If someone comes to me in confidence, I'm really good at, at not saying anything. I'm terrible at keeping a secret of like I've gotten Tracy a couple of things already for Christmas and I'm like, Do you do you wanna know? Do you wanna know? <laughs> and if she said yes, I'd play would totally blurt it out. Ooh. Like I hate keeping presents a secret from people and and I, if they have one for me, I want it now. I don't wanna <laughs> wait. I would way rather have it now. Um I don't know why. That's just that's That's just why I haven't I told you I already got your Christmas present. I would prefer it now. Nope. <laughs> it's at home. <laughs> and Tracy will go like, don't you want the joy of opening on Christmas morning? Nope. <laughs> I want it now. <laughs> but the person in my life that is terrible, awful at keeping a confidence would be my wife, Tracy. I knew you were going to say that. She is terrible at it. Because terrible. my mom is the mom of five kids. She's the mom of four kids. And what, what do moms of four or five kids do? They talk about their kids and they forget what is a secret and what is just I'm sharing what your sister did. Their kids come. All of them come to them individually. Every kid comes to Mm -hmm. mom individually and goes, hey, did you know what blah, blah, blah is doing about blah, blah, blah? 
And then the next call will be that person. Hey, did you know what she she said? Blah, 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 blah. blah. So moms are the, the center of that oh, gossipy yeah. universe within a family. So it's hard, yes, yeah. for them to keep it all straight. But I, I, I said something to Tracy one time. This was years ago. Cannot remember what it was. I think it might have had something to do with the radio station. And I was like, hey, keep this in common. This is going to be a big deal. I, oh, it was when we were on the verge of being syndicated. When we were on the verge of our show going nationwide, mm-hmm. I said, hey, it looks like, please don't say anything to anybody. I don't want, you know, who knows? It's a very small world. Don't want anything to mess this up. But it looks like it's going to happen. Next day. Hey, uh, I don't know. Janie said such and such about syndication. I was like, what? Why did we tell Janie anything? She's like, oh, Janie's not in bra. She's not in radio. I'm like, it's a small world. It's a very small world. Why did you say it? And it all worked out. It's great. We're syndicated now. And, you know, worldwide media dominance is is to be ours. But See, it made you guys feel energized and alive. (laughs) So much so you couldn't keep the secret. Yeah, it's like, why? (laughs) Neither of you. And she's like, she's she's not in broadcasting or radio. I'm like, that's not the point. I said, don't tell anybody. Anybody means no one. Means cone of silence. <laughs> Circle of trust. <laughs> so you ready for another edition of Taylor's The More You Know? Sure, sure. You I'm Im- ready to be edumacated. You can impress your coworkers when you're getting a glass of water or another cup of coffee at work. Okay, so first of all, do you know how this band got their name? I want it that way. The Backstreet Boys. They how were did named. The Boys get their name. Do you know? Mm, I don't know. They were named after an outdoor flea market in Orlando, Florida called the Backstreet Market. <laughs> and uh, teenagers would hang out there in the 80s and 90s. So that's where they got it from. The Secret Service agent who saved Ronald Reagan's life during an assassination attempt back in 1981 mm-hmm. said he was inspired to become an agent when he was a kid. And he saw the movie Code of the Secret Service starring... All great change in America begins at the dinner table. Ronald Reagan. So he sees Reagan in a Secret Service movie, becomes a Secret Service agent, and, and saves, saves Ronald, Reagan. Ronald Reagan's life. I mean, how cool is that? And the last, uh, the last little fun tidbit from Taylor's "The More You Know." Next year, the term action figure is turning sixty years old, hmm. and it was first coined by Hasbro back in 1964 to market. They're G.I. Joe figure to boys who refuse to play with dolls. G.I. Joe, G.I. Joe, fighting man from head to toe. <laughs> on the land, on the sea, in the air. So we'll call it an action figure, not a doll, and sell it to right. boys. It's not a doll, it's an action figure. <laughs> it's genius. Okay, so you know how it is. There's two types of people in the world. People who are like, I'm going to decorate for Christmas the minute trick-or-treat is over. Mm. And purists are like, nope, not until after Thanksgiving. Oh, you call them purists? I call them sane people. Okay, well, <laughs> there's someone, surprisingly, in Griffin's family that's got a very distinct opinion about how that should be done. Oh, all right, we'll find out what's going on with Griff next. Griffin, our producer, jumped over in the studio with us, and Griff Taylor was just saying that uh, someone in your family has definitive opinions about when uh, Christmas decorations, Christmas decor should go up. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to predict it's you. Me? Yeah, I think it's you. No, no, it's not me. I don't. I don't care. <laughs> I thought you would because I, no. you would be the muscle no, for Sarah's true. for Sarah's decorating aspirations. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, no. Um, you know, we've seen a lot of Christmas lights up already. Mm-hmm. We even went to a place that had Christmas lights and walked around and saw them. Yeah. A lot of the houses in our neighborhood 
have Christmas lights up. Even some of them have like the big blow ups with like a big blow up Santa thing. Oh, wow. And Mm. my kids have seen these and specifically my daughter, Eloise, she's noticed all these Christmas lights. And the other day she's like, but what about Thanksgiving? Like, what what are we doing? Yes, Eloise. Why why don't we have Thanksgiving stuff on the mouth of babes? Yeah. She's been listening to Uncle Kevin on the radio (laughs) too much. (laughs) No, that is a wise, reasoned child. Yeah. Yes. Don't fast forward past the best of all the holidays. I love Thanksgiving. She thinks we should have like blow up turkeys or something in the yard. I don't know. Why not? Yeah. Why not? I admire that child. Way to go. I don't know where where or why I started with that because you would think as a kid you would want to fast forward by Thanksgiving and and get to the presents, right? Mm -hmm. But no, no. Thanksgiving's just great. Yeah. That's just the that's the low pressure holiday. And Taylor, what do you always say about men with Thanksgiving? It's your most relaxing holiday ever. Especially if you don't cook or do dishes or set the table or clean or package up the leftovers. Right. So just it's just food and football for you guys. Aren't they saying with the holidays coming up, more people are going to be traveling this year between Thanksgiving and Christmas than like ever before? Yeah, breaking records. Maybe you have maybe you've got an epic family road trip plan. But wait till you hear. I've never heard of a family vacation trip like this before with a mom and a dad and all their kids in tow. Anything you've done, I guarantee you pales in comparison to this. We'll talk about it next. So you've got some epic stories, I'm sure, of you and your family going on road trips. Taylor, I know you do. Oh, with, yeah. With uh, your parents and your five sisters. Didn't you got dad rent a camper van or something? You went all Sometimes around the country Sometimes we rented motorhomes. Yeah, several times. That, that was a big adventure. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, the, no, the Netberg family, they've got us all beat. I don't care where you've done, how many kids you've taken along on your adventure. They've got us all beat. What would you say to this? They're a couple. They're married and they have five kids, age 14, 12, 10, 8, and 2 years old. They together hiked the Appalachian Trail. Ooh, wow. When they were done that, they hiked the Continental Divide. Whoa. When they were done that, they hiked the Pacific Crest Trail. They call Whoa. it the Triple Crown of Hiking. 8,000 miles. That's incredible. Hiking as a family. And remember, the youngest is two years old. And did they have to do homeschooling around the campfire every night? I'd imagine they did. I, I was it's funny imagine where you were so exhausted I wasn't from thinking, hiking, hiking and then you got to teach. I wasn't thinking homeschooling. I was thinking, how do you even begin to carry all the supplies for a two-year-old? Think of yeah. all the stuff you throw into your baby bag just to go to the store. Mm-hmm. Much less, okay, we're going out on the trail. There's no phone, no lights. There's no electricity, no running water. And we're going to do this with a two-year-old. Man, wow. why did I not know about their... Do they have an Instagram account? I wish I had known about this years ago when they started. Up. Look them up. It's What's the, the call? Netbergs, N-E-T-T-E-B-U-R-G. And uh, the, when they met, they as a couple, they liked hiking. So they were like got their kids into it. And they, they said it was like a red letter day when they managed to cover 11 miles in one day. They were like, okay, the kids can do it. And wow. they said when, when you're out hiking with kids, you spend a lot of time... Hyping them up to keep going. <laughs> yes. Oh, I hated hiking when I was a kid, and now I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when you're so, a kid, you're like, my feet hurt, I'm tired, I so want to sit down. let that be a little bit of inspiration to you. No matter where your road trips this holiday season are going to take you, no matter how many hours you spend in the car, in the car at least you're not walking yeah. <laughs> like the Netbergs did. <laughs> 
talking about road trips with the family. I'm sure you, you probably have one coming up with holidays around the corner. Maybe you're going somewhere for Thanksgiving or maybe a Thanksgiving weekend, Christmas, whatever. You're probably going to get out there with the kids and your family's got nothing on the Netbergs. They hiked what they call the Triple Crown, the Appalachian Trail, the Continental Divide, and the Pacific Crest, Crest Trail with five kids, eight ranging in ages from 2 to 14. I'm obsessed. That I can't crazy, stop reading about them. There, needs to, I, there should have been a reality show. Maybe they'll make a movie about them. But, yeah. Um, uh, they said that one of the biggest jobs was keeping their kids motivated along the way. And one of the things that they would do if they started like whining, and can you imagine on an 8,000 mile hike, how yeah. many more miles? 6,732 kids keep going. Uh, you know, but what they would do to keep them motivated is they would say, okay, let's practice our finish line pose. Yeah. And they'd, they'd pretend like they were at the finish line <laughs> and that would give them a little, little spring in their step if they were starting to, you know, get a little tired. And dad memorized the soundtrack to the movie Frozen. So they would just start belting out songs all the way. And they, when they, when they got pregnant with their daughter, they had to take some time off from hiking and, had to rework how we're going to do this. And they nicknamed her dead weight is what they would call her two year old. And there was one trick. The family had a, they got a used minivan that their dad gave them. And they, it was a 2014 Dodge grand caravan and they packed it with over 200 pounds a year and several weeks of food Mm -hmm. and family or friends would move it from Mm. place to place. So they'd have, because there's no way they can yeah, carry yeah. Well, the, enough and that's food not for that seven un- people. Uncommon, by the way. People that hike the Appalachian Trail, they have a support group usually back home that sends packages to different post offices offices along the trail with like uh, warmer clothes mm-hmm. or cooler clothes or food or whatever. So yeah. it's not that uncommon. But wow, that was really nice of people to give up their time to leapfrog yeah. <laughs> the oh, caravan and the kids were all homeschooled but the older kids would try to get way ahead so they wouldn't have to do school on the trail oh that was cool that was cool